When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Heat versus the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. I know it's been a while, but man, we are officially back. The last time we did a pod was literally after losing to the finals, but we're here. You know, it's the off season. A lot of stuff is going on. I'm joined by my guy, Nick, and we're just here to break down everything because so much has happened. I mean, I mean, let's really dive into it. I mean, you're talking about the fact that we went out we brought back in a familiar face in Josh Richardson. Thomas Bryant is on this team as well. We also said goodbye to a couple of players on this team, you know, and gave Vincent Max Cruz. And I think that was basically about it. You know, I don't think anything major really happened this offseason. Oh, wait, no, wait, no, I, I forgot. Because I think like a day after that, I think someone requested a trade to Miami. I don't know the name, though. So, but yeah, that happened too, I guess. But with that all being said, like... You know, here we are, man. Like, so much has went down. Like, this whole offseason has felt like a movie in a way where, you know, we're seeing a familiar face like Josh Richardson come back, and now you're telling me there's a chance that we might get Dame. Like, it's crazy, but here we are. Like, I'm literally excited, and I know you are too, Nick, so I just want to pass the mic to you. Like, what's going through your mind, and what has really been, like, your reaction to this whole, this whole offseason as a whole? Man, I can I can tell you exactly what happened when the Damian Lillard news broke. I, uh, me and my girlfriend went to go get margaritas. Right, we're in the parking lot of this Mexican restaurant, and then I get the tweet from Chom saying Damian Lillard's requesting out, preferred destinations, Heat in the Nets. And I go, is this real? Checked it, and it was real. We're sitting down having margaritas. The report comes out that he's only going to play for the Heat, and I, I let out a little screech inside that restaurant. it's just so crazy because like he literally did everything that we needed him to do because i mean let's think about it for a second right like we knew that miami was gonna have to be at the top of his list or he was gonna have to specifically declare miami and he's done everything just right for us because he went out not only requested a trade something that i didn't even know if he was going to do but he then asked to go to Miami and Miami only. Like he, he like he took back Brooklyn from what yeah. he said on that podcast. Like he said, nah, I'll only want to play for the Heat. That's the only way it would have worked. Because if you think about it, all these other teams, I mean, the, right. the Nets could could theoretically offer more. The Sixers could offer more. The Celtics could have offered more if he just said trade me. There's all these teams that could have the only way he was gonna force his way here is if he played it how he played. 
And I mean, him and his agent are doing it so well that national media is throwing a fit and everyone's crying. Yeah, I mean, it's so dumb because then you have like ESPN trying to say he wants to go elsewhere. Like they literally cannot handle the fact that he only wants to play for Miami because tell me how the day all of this stuff goes down, you then have ESPN talking about apparently he wants to go to the Spurs. Like be so for real right now. Yeah, I mean, yes, I just think it a big part of that is ESPN and like Woj and all those guys, they're in with a lot and a lot of the owners of this league. And the problem is that um, Pat doesn't like mess with them and doesn't have people inside his organization and whistleblowers. So they all just, the big ESPN people just hate the heat and he hate them. So it is what it is. Right. And I just got to say, it's hilarious. You know, I don't know if it's still the vendetta over the fact that, you know, we still went and got LeBron Wade and Bosch back in 2010. But we love the hate because, you know what, they keep it up when we're not exactly at our best. And if they want to keep that hate going when once we potentially get Dame on this team, I'm all for it. Because that's basically how it's been since day one. That's why we named this pod Heat versus the World, because it's yes, literally sir. us against the world right now. Like ESPN don't want it to happen. And I know the league don't want it to happen, too. You know, you got them out here sending whole memos and everything. Like, obviously, they're scared out of their minds right now. And they're just hoping that maybe Dane can add another team to his list or whatever. Like, nah, bro. And I respect the fact that he only chose Miami because, like you mentioned, Nick, like, he was only going to really have a chance to come to Miami unless he did what he did, you know? Because aside from that, like, you look at the assets the Heat have, and obviously, and I don't think it's as bad as, you know, the it's, media it's, tries. It's not as bad as people make it. Like, when I saw I saw this tweet, like, from someone that, was, like, wasn't even, like, I, like, I went through their Twitter and stuff, and they're not even, like, a Heat reporter or a Heat personality or Heat fan. And it was um, someone tweeted out, like, what the potential Dame package would be. It was, like, I think the tweet said, like, Tyler Hero exchange for first-round pick, three to four first-round picks contract fillers and then um a contract fillers and then young players and then and had like an s in parentheses saying like it might only be one and then someone quote tweeted and said now how is this not enough and i'm like i mean like they're kind of right like everyone has espn's blown this up trying to get his trade value up but like when you like sit down and look at the offer that we have out there it is for a 34 year old point guard i'm not trying to talk down on dane but it's, I mean, it is a haul. It is a fair trade. So, you know, mm-hmm. our, like boy, our boy Joe just needs to, I don't know, stop. Oh, oh my gosh. I, Joe Cronin is, he's pissing me off. Because <laughs> first off, I just want to know, is he expecting Dame to, like, take back the trade request? Like, I literally want to know what's going through that man's head. Because, I mean... How how are you going to keep lying to Dame? And you're going to be like, okay, you know what? We're going to make this team better. You know, we're going to help you compete. But then you're going to keep going out here and doing stuff that completely contradicts your statements. Like, wh- what are some of these trades they've made in the past? Like, a couple seasons ago, they went and they got Norman Powell. And then they trade him to the Clippers for literally a pile of nothing. And then this season, they, they go and... They, they went and got um, Josh Hart 
in the deal forum, CJ McCollum, and then they go and trade him for literally nothing. All they got was the first round pick and then three other players. Two of them are bums, and the other one is Cam Reddish, who literally ended up leaving as a free agent that and, offseason. And then didn't they and then the next team he went to cut him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So with that all being said, like I just don't understand it. Like and what is CJ walk in the not walk, but trading CJ in the first place and then then your next big whale is just bringing Jim Grant in, which Grant, great player. He is a great third to fourth best player. Grant is not your second best player if you're going to try to be a championship guy. Exactly. And you know what? And people are trying to hate on Dame, but they need to stop. Because at the same time, people have been begging for this man to request a trade. It's no secret about that. They just wanted him to be in L.A. Yep, exactly. Or put him in Boston, you know, put him in one of the other cities that's not Miami. Okay, people was literally pushing an agenda just for him to go to Utah, I believe, talking about how a dynamic duo of him and Lori Markin. And no, he's, yeah, that was oh crazy. My. When I saw, I saw that that report, and I feel like Woj just shot it out or something. I was like, this has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's literally nasty work, man. It is like, when, nasty like you said work. at the start of the pod when the day Dame requests a trade, Woj comes out with a report that says Damian Lillard has huge respect for the Spurs. Oh, brother! <laughs> like, come the freak on! Just because he got respect for um Greg Popovich and that's it, mind you, Greg Popovich is literally one of the most respected coaches in the league. Just there ain't because... no one in this league that doesn't respect him. <laughs> exactly, like just because they respect him doesn't mean they're all trying to drop their things and go to San Antonio. Like, can we please use our brains for this type of stuff? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, but like overall, man, I don't know what this man wants from us. He's not literally, what's what I'm looking for? He's not cooperating with us. And I don't know if he's genuinely trying to get him to take back the trade request. But he's just making it thing, look worse. Yeah, That's because, all he's doing. Exactly. Because oh. even if you want him to take back the trade request, exactly how are you going to accomplish from that? Because the thing is, if he's thinking that he could do what KD did, KD is not in the same situation as Dane. Because at least the Nets were a championship contending team, it kind of looked like. So at least even if he stayed in Brooklyn, we knew what he was getting himself into over there. This is not the same situation, all right? He goes back to um the Trailblazers. His best teammate is going to be who? Anthony Simons? Like, you know, because obviously Scoot Henderson still has to work his way up and stuff. So, you know, yeah. If, would, yeah, if I'm the – it just doesn't – if I'm the Blazers, it makes – and Dame request out, it makes no sense why, you know, you've given your whole career here. We've never been able to – help you. We just drafted another guard and our second best player is another guard. Why would you not just go out, get the hall for him? Cause he's 34. You can go to Miami. You can get Tyler hero, which you would flip for picks. You would have four first round additional picks. And then you could probably get Nikolajovic who would fit plug and play with your young guards. And it just, I hate him. Joel, he, he's a loser, and you know what? I had another nickname for him that I was saying in this one group chat that I was in, but I'm not going to use it because, you know, <laughs> I try to keep it PG for this. And, you know, I got maybe some of my church listeners listening to this too, so I ain't going to say it on here. 
But, you know, if y'all know what crow rhymes with, if y'all can find a good um word that rhymes with crow, you know exactly what nickname I got for him. But all of that aside, we got a couple of people joining us. Uh, First off, we got one of our new members of Heat versus the World, Um, our guy Alex here. Alex, is there anything that you want to say about, like, this Dame situation right now? Because it's freaking ridiculous, man. Uh, what's up, y'all? Y'all can hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, yeah, so what's up, y'all? Not uh, shoot. All I want to say is I'm just ready for it to get done. Like, like I mean, I jumped in listening to a little bit of what you guys were saying about about the fact that, like, what has came out that Cronin and, and the Blazers were looking and kind of sort of hoping that Dame would take back the trade request. And it's like, that's not happening. Like, y'all just need to go ahead and bite the bullet. Nobody else is coming to to sweep sweep all um to come in and take over the offer that the Heat are trying to give them. So they need to just go ahead and make the Heat fans happy and and get on with their rebuild. In my opinion, exactly. And mind you, there's literally all of these players who still haven't signed with the team yet because they're trying to wait for this trade to go through. Shout outs to guys like the Christian Woods, the Kelly Oubre's, even the Goran Dragic's out there because they all waiting to see what the Heat might end up doing, at least in my opinion. We'll see what happens if the trade actually goes through. And another guy that I want to get on the mic is our guy, Kay, because you know what? I didn't even know if Dame was even going to request a trade at first, but, you know, Kay was already on that agenda and you know, I know you probably a little frustrated too because these losers are out here trying to play Miami and stuff. But like, what's on your mind, Kay? Like, I want to hear this. First of all, how y'all doing, man? Hello, people. It's been a long time. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, glad sure. y'all had me. Even late, better late than never. But uh, look, man, as you alluded to, I've been here. Um, you know, there are certain things covering, following, um, you know, analyzing just watching the game um for as long you know what i mean and not that i'm that awful all before as long as i have from you know the storylines actually the hardwood um and just i would say coming of age and learning to be what i feel as though i've learned to become which is a prognosticator and you know a, a pretty good communicator about the game i came of age when the whole social media when the whole player empowerment when the whole you know rhetorical nature of the nba and nba transactions that we see now like you know i came of age in that period of time that birthed the moratorium period like the moratorium period is a thing now because before the moratorium period via the language of the cba players and agents and teams were already creating or acting in their own moratorium period anyway so the nba countered that and said hey let's get on that buzz and capitalize on that and, you know, create something that, you know, facilitates us making dollars off of it. Now, I said all that to say this. I mean, this is what I expected. Um, my name right now was Patient K. It's probably not a video feed for you guys out there, but this has been my stance from the very beginning. Um, as soon as I heard the Damian Lillard trade situation, um, when he said something out of his mouth, that was different. And I noted that. That was different. We had heard little jokes. We had heard halfway rumors we had heard you know hintings at but um as the great philosophers my deep said ain't no such thing as halfway crooks and i think dame prescribes to those similar philosophies in that you know either you is or you ain't 
And he had never really said anything hinting at is, and even the hinting or, you know, just the general haha chuckle offs, they weren't hinting at is. But when you say what he said, yeah, Miami's an option, not if they win the title. That's personal. That's, that's, that's some is, that's some, hold on now. That's, I'm looking at it. And everything we've seen in the last couple of years have said that Dame is becoming fed up. And from the maneuvers that haven't worked to getting this guy CJ out of there and trying to bring in guys like, um, you know, Jeremy, who got the bag, by the way, who was smart to get the bag. But that all looks silly now. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point once we'll have no more Dame words. But like bringing those guys in, it hasn't quite worked. And he feels like, and rightfully so, and this isn't a, I want Dame on my team because damn right I do. But this is a general outlooking in to get their perspective. He, you know, he's given them time. And you saw in his face and in his words and just knowing that he is the real guy he portrays to be, that he meant this. Okay. Now, you're also talking about Miami, who literally gave up Josh Richardson to get Jimmy Butler several years ago. By the way, Josh Richardson just re-signed with the team. So shout out to Philly and Dallas and every other team that you know, uh, New Orleans that took Jay Rich on until he could get back to the crib. Um, yes, shout, out to, shout out to Lito too. But this is the same team that essentially traded Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler. You know, the same Jimmy Butler that has toted the Miami Heat to the NBA Finals a couple of times in his couple of year tenure and, you know, took them to within a, you know, off-rim three-point shot last year at the Eastern Conference. So let's neither here nor there because we don't play for second. I'm just saying, that same guy, they traded Josh Richardson in the grand scheme of things, love Lito, going to help us a lot, but that's all for him. So it was never a situation where they were going to shoot themselves in the foot or overpay either. And we're still not there for even as bad as it looks. And I think what Joel might have wanted to say earlier was honing. My church people ain't listening. <laughs> so <laughs> if 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 honing is that the, the Miami Heat are going to shoot themselves, that Pat Riley's going to trip over himself, that he's going to slip up in the puke that is the dribble that Cronin has created by holding off for so long. Um, then he has another thing coming. I expected this. It was always going to be this way. The Miami Heat don't tell Bloop me out, Joel. Ah. In trades. Um, they don't do that. And Cronin is setting himself up not only for a PR nightmare, but for a situation where he's risking his NBA GM tenure. He's risking his NBA GM tenure right now. And I'm not being facetious. I'm not being figurative. Like, listen, he could either set a precedent where guys are going to have to be like, yo, they don't have to do what we say. Or he's never going to get another job. It, there's no middle ground. So, um, you know, I'm glad to get that off my chest. I have a lot more to say. I just wanted to kind of create a general landscape. I know I could talk for the next 20 minutes because um, we ain't talking so long, but those are pretty much my feelings. I mean, you, you laid it you laid it all out there, man. And honestly, I couldn't agree anymore because this is ridiculous, bro. I don't care what anyone says. And we already kind of addressed this, but it's just hilarious how you got the fact that nobody was really saying stuff about Dame requesting a trade. You know, everybody was literally begging that man to do it. And then he finally does it, but people are mad because he only wants to go to one team. Shouldn't they feel like the Trailblazers should give him the right to 
should at least give him the right to go to whatever team he wants to play for because I feel like this should go down like the OKC situation with Russell Westbrook. And I don't know why they can't just simply look at that and just try to replicate it with um with uh, Damian Lillard, all right? Because look at that situation. Nobody was the bad guy in there. Russ wasn't the bad guy. OKC wasn't the bad guy. All right. They basically went up to him. They're like, yo, thank you so much for being so loyal to our franchise. You know, God bless you for everything. However, we're at a point in um our team's, you know, our team's, uh, what's it called, era where we're ready to rebuild the team. And obviously that's not fair to you. So because of that, we are going to go trade you to a team of your preference as a, um, what's what I'm looking for, as a um token of appreciation for everything you did for the city and team. So tell us where you want to go to. We'll make it happen and we'll go start our rebuilding process. He said he wanted to go to Houston to play with Harden. They made it happen. They got the assets in return for him and the rest was history. I just don't understand why Portland can't do the same thing with Dame. Like, y'all was blessed with a star that chose to be loyal to you guys. If anyone was in Dame's situation, they would have left four years ago. But that wasn't Dame, though. Dame stated, he said, you know what, I'm going to make the best of this. And there was times where we literally called this man mad delusional, but yet he still chose to stay in Portland. Like, this man literally said that if they could just get Draymond Green and uh, Jeremy Grant on this team, then he he would literally stay because apparently that could compete for a championship. When the truth is everybody in this room right now, well, not room, but in the stream yard knows that that team not competing for nothing. But he was still delusional enough to think like that. Like literally, what, what was it? Um, Dame and Portland are like the Ron and Sam of the NBA, you know? And like to those who don't watch Jersey Shore, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But to those who do, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, all right? If y'all don't know, there was basically a toxic couple, blah, blah, blah. Y'all can look it up on YouTube. Anyways, with that all being said, I'm just kind of annoyed with it. He's officially at a point where he wants to move on. It seems like he finally knows what's best for him. And people are just ranting about it like crazy. It's freaking hilarious. But I just had to come out and say that. Is there anything that you want to throw in by any chance, Alex? Same man, like like everybody saying, dog. Like it's it's just it's to a point where, and I like the I like the um the the uh shoot what you said in regards to to the Russell Westbrook situation. How how Russ was loyal. KD left. Russ stayed. Russ won an MVP. Obviously, Dame didn't didn't win an MVP or anything. But like Dame could have asked for he could have asked out of Portland years ago. And he stayed loyal. He stayed down for the cause. And he, he basically, he like, like you said, man, he told them what he wanted and what he needed to happen for him to stay. They went in a totally different direction. And now everybody's trying to be mad at him for looking, for looking out for himself finally, which is one of the things that NBA fans have been asking for for years. So Cronin going to end up with crawl on his face no matter what, because now – with him holding out for so freaking long, he's not going to get as good of a deal as he would have got if he would have just got this done two, two and a half weeks ago. So, like I said earlier, man, I'm just ready for this mess to get done so I can go ahead and order my Damian Lillard number zero jersey for the Miami Heat. I'm going to get a red one. I love that. I'm probably, you know, I wish they still had the Vice because I'd probably get the um Vice Knights version of it. But, yeah, 
And I just got to say this, like, mind you, with one thing with Joe Cronin, I feel like he spent more time crying to the NBA, forcing them to put out a memo. He spent more time crying to Woj and ESPN and having them put out all these reports instead of spending any time with the Heat, spending time with Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg to actually get a deal done. He spent more time with them people than actually trying to do his job. And, like, at first I wanted to cut him some slack because here's the thing, right? Like, he's new to this job. He's only been here for, like, a couple seasons as a general manager. So I get it. Now he's, you know, facing one of the biggest jobs that a GM in his position could ever deal with. So he wants to make sure he does a good job because if he doesn't handle it right, that could lead to him getting fired and maybe not getting a, an opportunity like this ever again. If he does good, then, you know, God bless him. And then that's going to put him in a great situation for years to come. But look how he's handled this. Like, this is not good for him or for Portland. Because like I said, God bless y'all with a loyal superstar that chose to stay there no matter how stupid y'all was acting in the first place. And then when he finally had enough of it, y'all out here doing so much just because y'all don't want to look like the bad guy. And it's just so ridiculous, man. And all I will say is this, like, I don't know when this will even get wrapped up. I mean, I feel like I've made like a prediction every time and each prediction ended up being wrong because I keep underestimating how much of a loser Joe Cronin really is. Like, first off, you got the fact that I said, you know what, when the trade request first came in, I'm like, okay, it'll happen in a week. It did not happen. Then there was a report from Barry Jackson that apparently, um, what's his name? Um, Dame wants, oh, no, Dame's agent told Joe Cronin to meet with the Heat in Vegas. You know, I don't even know if that thing happened because still nothing has progressed. So here we are with that. And here we are, like no, no trade happened in Vegas or at least a couple days after the Heat left Vegas. So there's that. And now I I went into my final um prediction, and it's that we're at least gonna get the trade done by um the end of July. And here we are on the second day of August. So there's that too. I know um I think it was Tim Reynolds. Someone is mentioning that the Heat are apparently going to the Philippines. I don't know how much of the team is going for that, but apparently they're going there for the basketball world cup, which will start on the 25th. So if that's true, they're stating that maybe the Heat would prefer to get all of this stuff done before then. So let's see. Today is August 2nd as we're recording this. So take that as you will. Apparently, we got like 23 days left to wait for, you know, Joe Cronin to stop being a loser. So, yeah, that's basically all I got to say. Is there anything you want to throw in, Kay? Um, Listen, I think that when you look at, the Russell Westbrook situation, any other situation, let me ask you guys this. If it were any other team besides Miami, would Damian Lillard already be traded? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nobody yes. likes Pat Riley. Like, I feel like that's just the main problem in a lot of this, you know? They saw how blessed we've been, you know, getting, um, what's it called, LeBron Wade in Boston 2010, and still finding to have more success all of these years later, despite the fact that they don't even think like some of these other teams do. Like, the success Miami currently has right now, Nobody was anticipating it. You think that team like Philly would have that the way how they was tanking 
for Embiid, Simmons, and all them other guys. But nah, we still have more success than that whole team has had in the whole this whole time they've been a franchise. So obviously, people don't want to see Miami add on to that success because it hurts them. It hurts them late at night when they have to go to sleep and realize that even after LeBron left, even after everything that's happened, even after Chris Bosh went down with the blood clots, even after all that misfortune hit us, we still find a way to get up and still find that success, to still get up there and still do our thing. And that hurts these teams. It really does. I, I didn't mean to hijack this, but, you know, I just had to come out there and say that. No, I wanted to answer, bro. And and and, and secondly to that, um, before we move on, and this is just the petty in me, but, like, have you guys ever seen so many amateur GMs or just general dry-hating from opposing fan bases that have nothing to do with the trade? Like, you see Magic fans, Spurs fans, Kings fans, of course, Celtics fans. You know, you see team, you know, fans of teams that don't live in states with teams that support teams like the Knicks, for crying out loud. I mean, coming out supporting Cronin as if he's their GM and it's their team on the other side making the deal. And, of course, we all know what that thing is. However, it's just, I guess it goes back to the question I'm trying to ask. Have you guys ever seen anything, I guess, to this nature? Or are you experiencing or even seeing that like I am? Honestly, I don't, I just don't think I ever have. Like, it's in like, I'll I'll let someone else, I'm not going to take too long to answer this. All I'll say is that, and I said this, you know, earlier in the pod, like, that's why I call this heat versus the world. Because I've never seen no so much people cry whenever things goes the heat heat's way. Like even when we got Kyle Lowry a couple seasons ago, everybody was crying about that just because it was apparently tampering, which you know it was. But to be fair, everybody literally apparently, you know, like it, I mean, it was but, allegedly. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, everybody does that. So why is y'all mad at us for it? You know, but. At the end of the day, like, it is what it is. I mean, they've been trying us since, you know, ever since we got LeBron. I know I keep saying that, but it's so true, y'all. Like, they do not want to see this team succeed. And every time they do, they're going to come up with whatever excuse, whether if it's the fact that apparently the refs rigged um, the 06 finals or the fact that apparently, you know, because we had a super team, that's why we won those two rings. Like, I've heard it. We've heard everything as Heat fans. So at this point, it's like, I don't even care. But who else wants to answer Key's question, though? I mean, I guess really just to echo what Joel was saying. I mean, I haven't – I've seen a little bit of just like people going off on the heat and freaking out saying like I can't believe that they're – Damian Lewis doing this, yada, yada, yada. But like – and then like at least like teams – like when Anthony Davis requested a trade, I've seen that so many times. He gave options. He was like Lakers are – like I think he had Chicago kind of in there. But they're like do we not remember when – Anthony Davis's agent and father, or one of those two, I can't remember who, was literally telling the Celtics, "Hey, he's not—he's not playing for you. Don't—don't don't request a trade. He will not show up." Like this has been happening, but because Anthony Davis got to go to the Lakers, and it's happening currently with James Harden, but James Harden gets to go to the Clippers, they don't care, and then it comes to us, and they're just like, "Let's mow them down." They hate us. And I kind of like it that way. You know, it's fun. It's it's a it's a little fun. It's it's frustrating at times, but when it's going our way, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. 
Exactly. Like one thing I'll just quickly throw in there, like the reason why ESPN does not want this to happen is because y'all know it will literally crush their insides if they got to talk about the Miami Heat every day on yeah. their shows, whether if it's first take or all of that other crap. Like, they do not want to talk about us. So could you imagine the hell they'd have to go through when they got to hop on NBA Today or whatever trash shows they got on there and be like, oh, my, you know, Dame and Jimmy and Bam, they continue to dominate the league. They don't want to talk about that. They just want to talk about how Jason Tatum did this or about how his son did something cute on the TV. <laughs> like, bro, let's talk Get about him. the real contenders out there, all right? And, like, and no, and no ill will to Jason Tatum, no ill will to the son. Shout-outs to them both. But at the end of the day, it's like, come on. It's getting ridiculous, and they spend more time covering these other people than they do the Heat. And it's not even um the NBA, but you look at the social media sites, too. I feel like it would be safe to say that more people talk about Austin Reeves because he's on the Lakers more than they talk about guys like a Jimmy Butler or a Bam Adebayo. I don't know if that's a hot take, but that's how I look at it. Because I see more non-Heat people, more um unbiased analysts and reporters talk about Austin Reeves and how he apparently hit a clutch shot or whatever more than Jimmy or Bam having really good games and stuff. So that's just another thing that I had to say. Does anyone else have something they want to throw in before we move on? Say, so, well, I just want to say in regards to the fact that, like everybody's been saying, we've been getting hate since LeBron came to the Heat. Like, everybody felt like Heat fans didn't deserve LeBron, just just like they feel like the Heat don't deserve Damian Lillard. But with with the culture that we that Pat Riley has came in and set, like I feel like it's it would be obvious for those guys to want to come and play where somewhere where no matter what, we're not gonna tank. We're trying to win. Like what we were the one seed basically two seasons ago now. And then this year, we kind of sort of ran back the same team for the most part. But even still, like once it came down to it, nobody expected us to do anything just like they didn't expect us to be the one seed. So we just getting all that hate and everything. And so it's just it's just what it is to be a Heat fan. We we we're the villains of the league basically. We're the we're the villains. But hey, I like being a villain sometimes. Same, man. Like, to add on to your point, like, I think I know it just pissed everyone off that we did what we did last year because everybody loves the Cinderella story. But the fact that you have the Heat, they come in with basically the exact same team last season. The only difference is they have Cody Zeller, Kevin Love, and then Jovic, who barely played. So it's not like it really mattered much with him. But the fact that we had that for a squad last year and we still made it as far as we did, you know it had to piss people off. Because I remember before the playoffs even began, you know, there was no Jimmy Butler featured in these commercials promoting the playoffs. None of that. It was still the same faces. Guys like Giannis and all them. And then those were the same faces that Jimmy Butler ended up sending to Cancun along with, you know, not only a Giannis, but a Jason Tatum and all them other guys. He sent all of them home. He sent all of them packing. So with that being said, like, at this point, just give me Damian Lillard because I'm ready to embrace the role of being a villain again. I'm ready to see 
the Miami Heat get booed. You know, I hope they boo us every day. Cause you know what? I've been dying for a um, what's it called? A sequel to how much fun we had back when we had the Heatles, back when we had LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch. So give me that. Give me Jimmy. Give me Bam. Give me Dame. Cause I'm ready to run this back and I'm ready to talk my stuff as a Heat fan. So bring it on. I'm ready and I know y'all are. Is there anything else that y'all want to throw in before we officially close out this combo? Three, two. No, I'm good, bro. I'm good. All right, <laughs> so that all being said, man, screw Joe Conan. He a loser. Before we wrap it up, because I know we've been on the mic for a bit. I know we wasn't expecting to talk like over 30 minutes about Dame and all this stuff. But, you know, that's what happens when, you know, there's losers out here that, you know, can't do their job right. So, you know, there's that. But before we close it out, I didn't think we really got a chance to discuss this in the last part that we did. So I want to close it out with giving our respects to a GOAT. You know, to those who don't know, Udonis Haslam officially announced his retirement just a few days ago. And, you know, as someone who's been a Heat fan for so long, like, this man, UD, has basically been on the Heat for almost my whole life. Well, not my almost, but, you know, for most of my life, at least, it seems like. Because the man has been there for, like, almost 20. Yeah, not nah, this, this season 20 he was in. So 20 seasons we're talking about. So, like, with that all being said, like, the fact that we're actually saying goodbye to him, like, it's crazy. You know, I never thought the day would come. I even thought that by the time maybe if this man was 50, he'd still be in the NBA a few seasons ago. But, you know, here we are. Like, it actually happened. So, I just want to know, like, what are y'all's best memories of UD? Like, I want to hear them. Um, we'll, start out, we'll, we'll start off with uh, you, uh, Nick. I just wanted to say, I mean, first off, UD is obviously not like a Hall of Famer, but he is without a doubt like one of the greatest Heat players of all time. I mean, he's three times he's on all every single championship squad, leads us in rebounds. Like my favorite thing, I I went to a Heat game during like the post COVID year, that 2021 year where like everyone where we had like Kyle Guy and these weird like 15 man rosters, and I was there during the time where Bam was injured and the roster got hit with COVID, and like we rolled out a UD starting just one of those weird lineups with UD and Max getting 48 minutes a night and being the main ball carrier and just some crazy lineups and every single time Udonis got a rebound I'd look over my girlfriend and went man he just broke the Miami Heat's all-time rebound record every time he's a lot of joy a lot of fun I think I still think my favorite Udonis memory is just watching him throw a chair in the bubble. <laughs> Gotta be my favorite. I mean, it's so hard because I feel like there's so many memories to choose from. Like, I, I and I and I'll pass the mic to uh, let's see, I'll pass the mic to UK real quick. Um, but before I do, I just gotta say, like, every fight he got into was so legendary, and I freaking loved it. But if I had to pick one, like. There's a lot, even going up to his final um years, you know, whether if it's him fighting Jimmy or getting into a fight with Dwight Howard, the one that might stand out the most is going to be when he went into the game and he took down um Tyler Hansborough, whatever that dude's name was on the Pacers. 
that time in 2012. And y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. The Pacers thought that they could come in and mess around with the Heat. So the Heat gave them the taste of their own medicine. And not only did, you know, he do what he did to Tyler Hansborough. And, you know, even though this pod isn't about him or this specific topic, I also want to give some love to Dexter Pittman, too. Because if y'all know, y'all know. You know, the man, you know, he gave what he did to um, Lance Stevenson, and then he gave that one wink to the camera. So, shout-outs to him, too. That's also a Heat legend right there. But, man, like, all of them fights, I loved it. Because I don't care how old he was, like, for him to go in there and still talk his stuff, that was amazing. Especially, like, this past postseason run. Like, I don't know if it was game two or game one, but this man literally walked up to Bobby Portis and literally called him out. Like, everyone wants to talk about how Bobby Portis is this, he's that, just because his eyes look a little crazy. But that don't even scare you, D. Like, that man was ready. You know, already the oldest player in the league and everything, he still went up to him and was ready to square up. So... Overall, man, much love to you, D. And I'm going to pass the mic to you, Kay. Like, what's your favorite memory of his? I mean, like, y'all basically touched on it. It, You can go everything from him. Like, I think, I can't remember who to put back dunk on, but it was a famous one. Um, You can go everything from that. You can go to big jump shots, um, the big rebounds, all of that jazz. Everything is done for the community. But it's it's all the aggression for me, man. Um, I mean, when you think about the way he approached Hansborough, when you think about the way he approached Dwight Howard, when you think about even the way he, you know what I mean, approached his own team with the situation with him and Jimmy that eventually propelled him to a run um, in the season before last one. I mean, you know, it, it was a situation where you could always count on UD to be that guy that was going to be there to hold his teammates up, to hold his teammates accountable, um, and to just insert that that necessary jolt or give you that edge. I mean, when you think about the situation with him, and I want to say uh, David West, was it game four or five, 2013 Eastern Conference I think Finals? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, like, yo, like, I mean, look, he told Lance, like you said, I'm going to f you up. <laughs> like, straight like that. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like, come on, yo. Like, I mean, he, he, he talked to Paul Pierce every chance he got, like, and continues to clap at him every chance he get. So, I mean, look, man, it's just all the aggression. My favorite, I can't really say I have a moment. I can say my favorite thing about UD was that UD was always adamantly and authentically himself. And if that meant punching you in the face and telling you I'll punch you in the face, mm-hmm. um, that's what that meant. And I'm going to miss that. Um, you know, I mean, if you wonder why I do stick around for 20 years and keep drawing them checks, it's because sometimes you need a cat. That everybody in the building and on the opposing team know that, yes, there's a lot of rah-rah and there's a lot of cats that'll bristle up and chest bump you and push you and scream and hope for a teammate or a ref to come separate y'all. But then there's also a couple of cats that will really hit you in the face. Exactly. And Adonis Haslam is a cat that will really hit you in the face. And sometimes you need that. And, I mean, it sounds, you know, cavemanish and belligerent. Um, and ignorant, you're like, this is sports, but it's like, if you understand sports, then sometimes, you know, sometimes somebody got to get hit in the face. Um, shout out to Jordan Poole. I'm joking. Holla. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was the perfect way to close it out. And, you know, one thing I just want to mention quickly to your point, like 
there are so many um teams in this league right now that need a Udonis Haslam. And we were blessed to have him on the squad for as long as we did. Like everyone's saying the Houston Rockets could use one, and they definitely do. People were saying the same thing with the Grizzlies. And I mean, I don't know. I guess they kind of got that with this dude. I'm sorry to interject. Right. If somebody was there to hit Jai in the face, do you think? Anyway, anyway. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Close it out. Close it out. Close it out. <laughs> That's <laughs> But exactly, like, you know, you need UD in these locker rooms. And I feel like NBA fans just don't understand that because you still see the losers hop on social media and say all this stuff. But at the end of the day, only true people, true fans really understand what he brought to this game. You know, we saw it when he was still in his prime and we saw it when he was on the bench, you know, rallying the troops and getting them ready for these games. And that's something that's going to be missed so much. And I honestly just hope that maybe he gets a job, whether if it's being an assistant coach, I don't know what it will be. But, you know, I would love to see him, you know. Uh, mentors some of these future superstars that he might have on this team in the future you know but with that all being said I'm I'm gonna pass the mic to you Alex how about you so yeah you guys definitely mentioned some some real good highlights in regards to um UD with Dwight Howard and and David West and how how much of uh, a presence of toughness that he brought but um one of the things that I know that from just listening to him talk on different podcasts and everything over the last few years where he's been like a lot more accessible with, with all these NBA guys having their own pods. One of the things that I know I'm going to miss is how he talked about being able to still be able to play at, at the NBA level because of the fact that what at, we know as Heat fans, people be trying to joke on UD talking about, oh, no, he wasting a roster spot, this, that, and the third. But, I mean, what 40-year-old do you know that going to play in his last in his last regular season game who basically didn't play a whole lot this year? I think he played in seven games total. But when we really gave him time, he's playing against other NBA players, and he dropped 24. Like, like that's going to be a lasting memory for me, the fact that, UD was always ready, no matter what, whether it was for two minutes to spell somebody because freaking three centers got in foul trouble, or whether it was back when when we needed him to guard Dirk in 06 and he, he gave Dirk fits, or whether it was him coming back from injury. Um, our first year that we had the big three, him coming back from injury and, and playing his tail off in those minutes of game two in the conference finals, like UD was always ready and he was always a professional. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna miss, miss being able to see him, like you said, in, in regards to talking to the guys and obviously bam, messing with him all the time. Like it's just, it's just gonna be a different feel not having number 40 on that, um on that sideline. But I mean, it's gonna be in the rafters, so. So I'm excited for UD and I'm excited for whatever else he has um, prepared for the rest of his life after basketball. Couldn't say it any better, man. So with that being said, you know, I think we all hit it on the nose. Shout outs to you, Donis Haslam. You know, he did so much during his 20 years here. He's always going to be a legend to this city and to this organization, you know. So it's crazy to think about it, too. A guy comes in undrafted, you know, and he's able to come in and make this big of an impact. Like, I, I mean, we've already said so many great memories, and 
we could spend a whole pod talking about it because that's how honestly influential Udonis Haslam is. You know, he's not exactly that superstar, you know, that people would probably want to say that he isn't, you know, because obviously some people would make fun of the fact that we even hype UD up the way that we do because he's just, you know, as they look at it, you know, a guy who's been chilling on the bench these last few years, but it's a lot more than that. And like I said before, only true fans really understand his importance and his value to a team like the Heat and to one of these other teams out there that could use a vet like him. A guy who, like you said, Kay, a guy who could possibly, you know, hit up Ja or at least punch him, you know, whenever he's acting up or with one of these other rookies or one of these other young players that try to act cocky and, you know, need someone to talk to when they're not acting right. So... With that being said, man, like I said, shout-outs to UD. You will be missed. It's always going to be love from us here in South Florida and from all over the world because I know we got Heat fans everywhere. And, you know, enjoy retirement, man. Hopefully we'll see you take on a position with this team real soon. But until then, you know, enjoy life and you do you. So is there anything else y'all want to say before we close this pod out? Nah, man, I'm good. All right. I'm with it. So with that being said, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. I make sure to follow our lovely um our lovely um, panelists. Uh, we had Nick Cop on. Make sure to follow him at Nick underscore K-N-E-C-H-T. Make sure to follow K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. And let's see. Um, what um so because I'm still trying to get used to all of our new people. Uh, would you like to share your Twitter handle to the Heat vs. the World Universe, Alex? Uh so yeah, so on Twitter, my handle is underscore coach Lewis One. And on Instagram, it's the same thing. So underscore coach Lewis L-E-W-I-S one. Bet. So make sure to follow each and every one of these guys. And then also make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. But most importantly, check out Heat vs. the World on all platforms at HBTW Podcast. Make sure y'all subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got a lot of stuff headed y'all way. And make sure to check out the website too at HBTWpodcast.wordpress.com. We got a lot of great articles coming soon too from our guys Kay and everyone else that's part of our journalism team. We got many things planned out. You know, we're still kind of in the early parts of the offseason because we're, we're thinking of stuff. So hopefully y'all, y'all are going to like what we got coming out soon. But with that all being said, man, thank y'all for all the love and support. We can't wait to keep this going. And hopefully the next time we do a pod, maybe Dame will be on this team and we're reacting to that. So with that being said, let's go Heat. Let's go get Damian Lillard. Joe Cronin, stop being a loser. Shout out to UD. You're forever the legend that you are. And with that being said, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.